3: If you dare.
1: This is Live Bet Saturday on vSend, the Sports Betting
0: Network.
2: All right, welcome back in. Live Bet Saturday. Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado here with you as well. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, largest lead of the day for Iowa State, opening up a 10-point deficit, 43-33. Cyclones up on top, 15-14 left to go. Front iron, no good for the mid-range jumper, and the Cyclones have the possession. Again, 10-1 to run right now for Iowa State. But let's focus in on football. Nolan Bianchi's with us, Lions reporter, works for the Detroit News. Let's talk about some Lions football. Uh, all right, Nolan, we appreciate the time, so let's start with the obvious thing. I was kind of poking fun at this whole, hey, Jared Goff playing outside right natural surface he's only three and two here on uh, natural natural grass what do we make of this now going on the road after two really charged and great environments at home for detroit outside of the actual grass things but playing on the road after those two home games has to be quite the change in environment obviously
4: no doubt and i think that's that's what everybody's waiting to see is how they're going to handle it but i think if you just look back at how they've done in these kind of high pressure road game environments over the last year and a half uh, there's not really that much a concern. Like I think it's it's as tough as it as it is, but I don't think it's anything more than that, if that makes sense. Um you know, they, they went into Green Bay at the the end of the season last year in a game. Nobody could thought thought they could win after they were already knocked out of playoff contention. They beat Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers tenure as a Packer. They come back out to start the season, they play Kansas City on the road at Arrowhead on ring night, uh, and they come out with a win there too. So, um, you know, I, I they've definitely had some, some hiccups. Uh, you know, you think back to the bears game that, that didn't look so good at times. And, um, you know, but I, I think overall, uh, that narrative has become something that's kind of a, a little bit overblown.
5: The Lions are definitely a great story as far as from like the underdog perspective, and they have actually just had a great season in the last couple of years because of head coach Dan Campbell. The Lions have a well-rounded offense. The pass rush has blossomed as of late. It's starting to peak at the right time. So if you're looking at either the offense or the defense, which side of the ball is going to get the job done to come out with the upset win over San Francisco?
4: I feel like it's got to be the offense, right? I mean, you know, when you think about this game, uh, I think you can assume that the, that the 49ers offense is going to get theirs in, in some capacity. You know, they're uh, on paper kind of a, a big-time mismatch for the Lions defense that has not been able to to defend receivers down the field as well. But they have been able to stop the run, so I am interested to see uh, how, how that side of the ball goes but I, I still think that at the end of the day this team is built uh, to, to win with this offense they've won like that all year and and it just seems right that that they're going to be able to do that again this week because again um, you know the 49ers did not do a good job of, of stopping the run last week and that's kind of the lion's bread and butter that's the way you win in the playoffs historically and so um, that's what I'm really interested to see is just how they're able to run the ball against a, a San Francisco 49ers defense that's really motivated to kind of answer some questions uh, in that regard and, and see what they can do off of it. All
2: right, so and one of the things that, you know, injuries are always a big thing. Uh, this Lions team, for the most part, healthy. But walk us through the status of this offensive line and, and what you expect against a defensive front that is healthy in its own right and looks pretty dominant, of course, for San Francisco.
4: Well, losing Jonah Jackson hurts for sure. Uh, but I, I really don't expect uh, anybody else to be out in the offensive line. And Frank right now. Uh, it's become kind of a running joke. His injury designations every week are, are so long. Um, it's like Frank net Rag now. And then in parentheses, it's like knee toe back rest uh, foot, you know? Uh, and, and so like, these guys are just warriors. Like I think if, if, if anything, uh, that's what the Lions truly hang their hat on, is that offensive line and being able to control the game in the trenches. Uh, Panay Sewell is, is having a, a good a season, as anybody uh, has had, as a run blocker. Frank Ragnall, like I just mentioned, he's playing uh, maybe the best football of his career, and like I said, Jonah Jackson being out is, is going to hurt, uh, but they got a guy in there, Coyote Ashika, uh, who's gotten plenty of time on task. Um, this line is, is very much used to having to shuffle uh, things around that that was kind of a big narrative over the last three seasons was you couldn't get the the full line healthy uh for for a prolonged period of time and obviously that is showing itself again in the time that's that's not really ideal uh but you know they, they should be well equipped to handle it because they have experience doing so
5: You mentioned the Lions running game with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Excellent at best, of course. Um, But now you have Christian McCaffrey on the other side. San Francisco has lost every game when they rush under 130 yards or Brock Purdy throws a 30-plus times. Christian McCaffrey, best running back that Detroit has faced. What can the Lions do to limit his impact?
4: Yeah, I think they just kind of got to do what they've been doing all year and making that the focal point of of how they're going to start their day. I mean, I think they've been kind of okay with these record setting performances and giving up to receivers as as crazy as it sounds. um, You know, every single week it feels like uh, another guy setting a franchise record for receiving yards in a, uh, in a playoff game or um, you know, Justin Jefferson went off for a crazy amount of yards in both games that they played at the end of the season. But uh, I I think they really, really have have kind of sold out on stopping that run. I don't believe they've allowed a 70 yard rusher um, besides Justin Fields this season. And so, it's, it's that stuff that they've kind of been able to lean on in that rush or that, that lane integrity and um, all those sorts of things that, that kind of make them a really good defense. They've done a really good job of tackling. They've got a lot of guys who, who go out and hunt the ball. So um, I'm really interested to, to see how that uh, plays out because I do feel like that will have a major impact on the outcome of this game.
2: Nolan Bianchi with us, Lions reporter, Detroit News. Uh, so along the lines of this defense, Nolan, what's been behind the development of this pass rush? Is it going to be effective here this weekend? That's
4: a good question. I mean, they've been turning up a little bit with the uh, with the blitzes lately, and, and the defensive backs have been able to kind of get after the quarterback. Uh, but you've also kind of seen Aiden Hutchinson really start to come on as, as of as of late as well Um, you know he's I I think he has eight sacks in his last four games or something like that Uh, it sounds like there's a chance that the Lions are going to get James Houston back tomorrow which uh, if if you remember him he was the guy who made his debut on Thanksgiving and then picked up like a 10 sacks and in seven games or whatever it was uh, to close the year last year. And, and if they can get him back and he's doing his thing and they can get pressure with four without having to bring those guys, uh, that'll be that'll be absolutely monstrous. But, um, you know, I think you can expect to see a lot of blitzing, a lot of uh, uh, Iffy Malafonwu, a lot of Brian Branch, a lot of that kind of stuff uh, going on with defense.
5: Nolan, uh, Summer Sports Analytics put together a graphic in terms of the four remaining coaches for the playoffs. They have Dan Campbell ranked us first in terms of Measuring in-game coaching decisions, giving Campbell a 93% win probability added over expectations. Where do you put Campbell on the list of the final four head coaches?
4: Man, that's a, that's a tough question. There's a lot of really, really good head coaches left. And what I think is, is kind of cool about it is they all uh, do it in a little bit of a different way. Um, but, I mean, when it comes to remaining true to yourself, having an identity, all of those things. It's hard to, it's hard to go against Campbell. I mean, you know, John Harbaugh is obviously a guy who's <laughs> developed an identity over more than a decade over in Baltimore. But um, I mean, you just see the the way that Campbell manages to remain true to himself in these moments and the confidence that it gives his team and the inspiration um, that it kind of puts in them to go out there and, and get the job done. And I think like if you were to do a, it's, it's hard to say, because like I said, you know, if you take Kyle Shanahan out of San Francisco, you know that that offense looks a lot different. He's one of the best minds of the game in that regard. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of an, an impossible question to answer. But I, I know Detroit fans would take their guy against anybody.
2: All right, Nolan. Well, I mean, the eternal underdogs are underdogs here. Um, after being favorites in those first two games, they're catching seven, seven and a half. The totals around fifty-one and a half. What do you expect to happen tomorrow in San Francisco?
4: The total sounds about right. Uh, the the spread, I think, I like the Packers game, probably is a little bit generous in, in favor of the 49 uh, or Seven points just feels like a lot. Um, I feel like I heard it might have been moving to eight and a half. I don't know uh, where it is now, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I think they'll be able to cover. I think the Lions should be able to cover. Um, I think that the 49ers are definitely a better team, but uh, depending on how, how Debo is able to get going, uh, depending on you know, how that, that 49ers offense is able to, to kind of play mistake-free against a, a Lions defense that's been forcing a lot of mistakes, uh, will have a lot to do with that spread and, and the outcome of that game.
2: Nolan, before we let you go, I wanted to go a little big picture here. It seems that it's accepted that Ben Johnson's going to get out of there. I think he's been uh, the expected named head coach for Washington whenever he becomes available. Uh, Is that the expectation? And what's the future for that offensive coordinator position? Because he's had such a big impact for Detroit.
4: Yeah, it kind of feels like it, uh, it is starting to lean that way. Um, I will be interested to see how they, they handle the replacing him because the the guy that was kind of thought to be maybe next in line, Tanner Angstrad, he's passing game coordinator. Uh, it, there's been rumblings of him following Ben Johnson to, to Washington to maybe becoming the OC uh, as well as the offensive line coach uh, in Detroit, Hank Fraley, which would be a huge loss for Detroit. Um, so I, I think either one of those guys, if they don't follow Ben Johnson, might be in contention, and then there's another guy Uh, Came on this year, Scotty Montgomery is the running backs coach, came here from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Just a a, a really just powerful force. It feels like within that locker room, within a a real short year, he he really commands a room. Uh, He coaches the guys hard. um, And and so he's probably going to have his name in the mix as well. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they promote from from within because of uh, just how things have gone over the last couple of years.
2: Nolan, we appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the game. It's been, I would assume it's pretty cool covering this team, given where they're at and where they've been. So uh, enjoy no, it, man no. uh, Thank you, guys. Yep, I appreciate it. Nolan Bianchi, again, Lions reporter for the Detroit News. Uh, you know, I was out there yesterday after the show, and we ran into Derek Stevens, Pam, and you know, he was talking about being out there, for the divisional game and how you know a lot of us i'll include myself like to poke fun of the guys who are like crying in the stands and everything uh, but he did put it in perspective which is like you know a lot of these people when you see people crying it's like no it's not hey it's just sports it's hey i've watched this team lose a ton like with my dad who's now gone or family members yeah. and all that kind of stuff so there's an emotional tie to it so from a narrative standpoint uh, as much of as a curmudgeon i can be i think i've kind of bought in a little bit more with the detroit Lions storyline
5: I mean, sports extends beyond just like wins, losses for teams and what records they have. But you nailed it when it comes to like, hey, I watched this game with my dad, with my father, with my family. There's like a lot of memories that are tied to it from back in the day. I have a lot of college football memories because I went to UT Austin. Like a lot of that stems from I have I cannot look at my longhorns objectively because I am tied to this team emotionally. I'm a huge Lions fan. I'm on board with, hey, cry. You, You don't you haven't been here. Enjoy
2: it. Uh, there might be some Jayhawks <laughs> fans weeping right now because it has not gone particularly well out in High Iowa. They trail 58-48 with 10 minutes left to go in the second. We'll be back here on Live that Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on BSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into to Live Bet Saturday. Jonathan Bontobel, Pamela Maldonado here with you. Keep a track of what's going on in college basketball. My main focus, Kansas-Iowa State, is Iowa State holding on to a lead over the Jayhawks. But we'll get back to college basketball in a little bit. Let's focus on the association. Big day today in the NBA as they start to put their footprint on Saturdays, now that we're getting to the tail end of the NFL season. And to break that all down and more, Zach Graham's with us, head of NBA content for FTN Network. Uh, Koisenberg DFS up on Twitter. It's a very good Twitter handle. Can considering that Kawhi Leonard is the best basketball player in the NBA. So let's start with that. Let's start with this team. Um, We saw about a week ago, Zach, the Boston Celtics were playing host to the Denver Nuggets, and the market couldn't get enough of them, bet them all the way up to seven and a half. They lost the game outright. Now, here we are, Clippers, second leg of back-to-back, played in Toronto yesterday, catching that exact same number on the road against Boston. Is the market doing a little too much here? Like this This is big for a team that is a contender in the Western Conference and playing some of its best basketball right now.
3: Yeah, I think if I'm looking uh, at the spread in this one, I'm going to lean into the Clippers here. They have obviously not breaking any news. No hot takes coming from me. The Clippers have been absolutely on fire since they started to figure this thing out after the Harden trade. Sputtered out of the gates there. Everybody and their mother was talking a little smack about the Clippers, and they have been a team that nobody wants to see. Now, I guess the only worry I have about the clips today is we saw Kawhi Leonard's minutes limited a little bit last night Paul George was also on that minutes limit he's listed questionable coming into tonight um, but still seven and a half points I do think Paul George gives it a go we saw his minutes limited last night to just under 30 even if he's on that same limit here today I'd like them to keep it competitive here against the Celtics Celtics no poor Zingas as well
5: Sticking to the idea of competitiveness, the Knicks are moving the way up the Eastern Conference, winning five straight. Since the trade with the Raptors, they are now 11-2 and two straight up. What qualities make the Knicks a contender?
3: It's that toughness, right? And that kind of comes along with your Tom Thibodeau coach teams, right? Um, I think we've all seen that Tibbs is ecstatic to have a guy like OG Ananobi in the fold. Um, they did get Isaiah Hartenstein back today with that Achilles soreness, so I think that's going to be a big boost. Uh, certainly, I'm not a huge Jericho Sims guy, but I, I am down here in Austin, Texas. So hook em horns. I, I I like Jericho. I just don't know about the NBA level. But going back to that toughness, the physicality, OG just kind of adds to what that team already has. Um, I'm still, I don't know if I'm there in terms of uh, the Knicks being able to contend for an NBA title. But I don't think I'm shocked if we see them upset somebody in the second round this year and maybe make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And again, it's just kind of that that team identity that Tibbs instills from the top down that I think has Knicks fans really hyped about this team. It seems like there's a lot of love for the 23-24 edition of the Knicks roster.
2: All right, let's talk about what we're going to see, the matchup between two MVP hopefuls. Joel Embiid's been playing a particularly great basketball, and he's finally going to start a game in Denver. What's your expectations here as Jokic is on the injury report, but he's probable, and Philadelphia in, in a weird spot because the last time we saw him didn't really look particularly great against Indiana, but you would assume heavy motivation here for Embiid in this matchup against Jokic.
3: Absolutely. I mean, this is what we have been waiting for in terms of this matchup is Embiid, as you mentioned, giving it a go out there in mile high. Um, I do like the Nuggets in this one, um, but it's it's that one-on-one matchup, right? And I do think that, again, we, we talk about awards, and as a, as a Spurs fan, uh, the Rookie of the Year <laughs> race has been one that I have been kind of shouting about in every forum that I can. The MVP race is another one, obviously, that is under the microscope on a daily basis. In the association. And I really think with the recent performances, talking about the Spurs and Joel Embiid, the 70 plus points the other night, um, I don't think he quite gets that tonight against Denver, but he can really grab a stranglehold on this MVP race going for the back to back crown in that regard. If they can take care of the Nuggets here on the road, in the elevation, um, I, I would just lean towards the defending champs here.
5: How about the Bucks? They just fired Adrian Griffin. The Bucs are five and a half home favorites to New Orleans tonight. How can that firing propel the Bucks into a continual resurgence?
3: We kind of saw. and I, I'm not sure if this had anything to do with Coach Griffin getting the boot. Uh, I myself, a former coach, so I never like to see uh, coaches losing their jobs. But I don't know if you guys saw the Bucks doing a little pregame team dance the other night, the first game at interim with interim coach Prunty at the helm. Obviously, Doc Rivers coming in there uh, shortly. But I just think it can it can galvanize a locker room because the biggest thing it wasn't it wasn't the record. With with coach Griffin, right? This team was near the top of the Eastern Conference and the guy gets the boot. I think he lost the locker room. And I don't again, I'm not breaking any news there with that sort of sort of take, but that can really galvanize a locker room. Um, And I think with the talent that they have there, um, you're just going to see, I think, a little bit more of uh, a smile, a little more pep in the step, a little more zip and zest from Giannis from Dame. Maybe get those guys in a little bit more pick and roll action together as we go through the second half of this regular season because that's something that I think everybody was very excited for when the Dame trade went down preseason. And we just didn't see a lot of that pick and roll action between two of the best players in the NBA. So that's one thing I'm looking for over the next couple of weeks with Doc Rivers coming into the fold.
2: Zach Graham, head of NBA content over at FTN, uh, Kawisenberg DFS up on Twitter. Let's go to the West Coast tonight because uh, this slate overall is going to be absolutely fantastic. Lakers on the road against Warriors. Warriors laying about a one point, about one point totals in the range of two thirty seven and a half. What's your expectations here? And big picture, as you've seen the blossoming of Jonathan Kaminga and this team getting a little bit better offensively, but the results haven't been there. What do you make of Golden State and their struggles?
3: I think if you were a Golden State fan. You are certainly hoping for a little bit of light here coming into the trade deadline, what, about 10 days from now? Um, We all know that this team needs to make a move if they're trying to jump back into the conversation for contending out West. I don't necessarily see it on a personal level, but if Jonathan Kaminga continues this type of play, maybe he's somebody that they can entice another team to flip him into some more pieces that will fit around the Steph, Clay, Draymond core. Because I really don't think I've heard some chatter about, oh, they should maybe trade Clay away. Can they get something for Draymond? I don't think this franchise is going to move off of that core. To me, it's one that you kind of ride until the very end. And the end may be right down the road. Um, I would like to see tonight Draymond... I'm not sure if coach Kerr is going to get him back into the starting lineup, but I do think that's something they need to do here. It's good for Steph. It is. Steph is at his best when he's out there with Draymond and we don't have to get into all of his antics, the extracurriculars that he's dealt with at a higher level, even this season. Um, I was kind of surprised to be honest, to see them favorites here and they are at home, right? So one and a half point favorites, uh, probably a pick them at a neutral site. Um, and I would actually, I would take the Lakers here. Hardly any team has an answer for a guy like Anthony Davis. He's been fantastic this season. So I would, as again, I'm not a Lakers fan by any means, but I would lean into that uh, Lakers plus one and a half here on the road tonight.
2: All right, let's talk about your Spurs then. Uh, Ten and a half at home here against Minnesota is what they're catching. Timberwolves have not been playing great basketball, barely got by Brooklyn. Uh, The two consecutive losses to Charlotte and to Oklahoma City. What do you make of your Spurs catching this big number on their home floor?
3: I would love to say that I would take this, the Spurs and the points here. And, and like you mentioned, hasn't been the smoothest of sailing for the Timberwolves over the last 10 days or so. And and God, that was the weirdest 60 plus point game for a guy like Carl right. Anthony Towns dropping that one late. And then looking at the body language of all his teammates, not just post game, but as they felt that game slipping away, it had, they have not really righted the ship so far, but a date with my Spurs, <laughs> That's one of the best recipes to get right in the league. Unfortunately, right now, Um, I would actually stay away from the spread or or the totals or anything here. The thing that I'm liking the best actually in the prop market, and if you'll allow me just a slight bit of homerism here, Wimbenyama minus 105 to go over two and a half blocks here. He's already got a four block game against his countrymen, Rudy Gobert, in the Timberwolves this year, leading the NBA in blocks. If I can get close to even odds at over two and a half here for Wimby. I'm going to take that in pretty much any matchup.
2: All right. We got 60 seconds. Make the case for Wimby to win rookie of the year.
3: I'm looking at the, the stats between he and Chet Holmgren and, and award races are ever evolving throughout the season. That's why I really don't like talking about them, especially before we turn you know past NBA Christmas day. But especially since we saw Zach Collins, out of the starting lineup, Victor Wimbanyama to center. And then he's gone up a whole other level when, oh, snap, you put a point guard out there with him and Trey Jones. He's been on the minutes limit. That limit just came off two games ago. I think we're going to see him continue to soar statistically. Chet Holmgren coming back a little bit. And I think, you know, you certainly have the argument on the Chet side. The wins. He's playing a role in a team that is tied for the one seed out West right now but I don't know when the Rookie of the Year became a team award and when Binyama in 90% of the stats or metrics that we have that I can see since about the beginning of December has been markedly better than Chet. And I'm a Chet lover. I love Chet Holmgren. It's not a knock on him, but... Victor Wimbanyama is the best most talented rookie in this class and to me it's not super close again a little homerism injected in there
2: Zach it was good to talk to you love the Twitter handle and the picture everything um good spot man thanks for the time appreciate you guys have a good one Quisenberg DFS up on Twitter if you want to give him a follow Ooh, we've got a clutch show off here Kansas chipping away but the Cyclones just won't stop Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game, get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. With the code VSIN, the crown is yours. AJ Adams called for his fourth foul, trying to block Hassan Ward. Iowa State currently leading right now 69-65, to 65, led 60-50. to 50. Uh, So the Jayhawks do everything they possibly can to get back into this game. 3.46 left to go in this matchup. Uh, free throw is going to be a big part of it. Keyshawn Gilbert, the young guard, got a uh, and-one opportunity, missed it, but did hit a pair of free throws on the way back down. So Iowa State. As I mentioned, there was a, a clutch off, if you will, Pam. Back-to-back threes. Iowa State made one. Kansas made one. So we've got a pretty good basketball game here with just under four minutes left to play in game right now. Let's see what we got. What is the uh, what are the people going to offer us here? Iowa State five and a half, leading by four right now, with a total of one fifty-four and a half. So we'll keep our eye on the final few minutes of that matchup between these two. Uh, really quickly, you wanted to do this, so let's uh, let's get this yeah. off your chest. We have one match left in the Australian Open. Women? It is. Or no men, excuse me. In Women the it was yesterday. It is the H,
5: correct. Sabalinga yesterday. came out with a win for the WTA side. Now was it is incredible, on to the, by the way. It was a great match. I mean, it, she hasn't dropped a at all. She has the power. She has the consistency. And now it's her second major in the last year. So, I mean, yeah, it, Can
2: I ask you something? Yeah. Is that... Is that rare to not drop a set throughout an entire... The, to me, on the it's surface, I don't watch tennis. It's Like, that sounds very dominant. It's
5: seven matches played in a yeah. two-week tournament. It is very difficult to do, and we've only really ever seen it from one player in Iga Suissek in the um, French Open a couple of years back when Rafa Nadal did it also in the same uh, tournament as well. Very difficult. It's very rare.
2: Okay. I was really impressed. This, and if somebody doesn't watch tennis, I was like, that sounds really impressive. But then I could probably have somebody like you like, it happens all the time. So, Well, really what's impressive. impressive
5: is that you're able to do that having a couple of tie breaks into sure. it because once you get into a tie break, it becomes more of like a coin flip. So you're talking about it goes beyond skill set; It also goes on like the mental edge. So she had it in every aspect.
2: Yep. All right. So what do we got in the, uh, the men's final?
5: It is Yannick center, Tony, uh, t- the young year. We're going to go with the least experienced Yannick center minus four and a half games over Daniil Medvedev would be my play of this tournament. On a macro level, you have to look at Yannick Center and what he has done ever since he acquired a new coach in Cahill and during the 20th. Twi- to finish out the 2022 season. What Cahill has done for Center is taught him how to win a match, not just win a point. And we have seen the progression that Center has made ever since he put him on his coaching staff. Center already has a strong baseline. He now has the patience to go along with that strong baseline game with the mega serve that he has. What that's been able to do for Center is now he is crafting a point and no longer going out with full on aggression. That was the biggest problem that he's had. Ever since he's evolved into that, now he is taking his time. He has been in complete control of every point that he's had. 26 of 28 break points saved, even against Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, the best returner in the world. Zero break points saw against center. This is just a testament to how strong of a game center has right now. The best player on court. Time of um, time on court is going to be a big factor. Daniil Mevedev is already has 20 hours under his belt compared to Sinner's 14. Why is that such a difference? Because that is almost two matches additional played by Daniil Medvedev on pace to break the record for the most time on court in a slam in the open era. Fatigue really could come into play when you have had three five-set matches going up against Sinner, who's only dropped one set in six. That's going to be the Biggest difference, and I don't see a tie break happening. Because of that, I feel comfortable taking Sinner minus four and a half games over Medvedev.
2: Alright, cool. Like it. Did you have any futures?
5: Uh, it lost. Okay. <laughs> it was Djokovic um, at even money to win the Australian Open. The biggest worry was Yannick Sinner, and Sinner just pulled him apart in every which way.
2: Yeah, shout out to Zach Cohen, who... Um, uh, has both uh, tennis, uh, both right. uh, both players in this finals match in terms of a future. So yep. you can find those write ups by the way at VSN
5: And Cohen also on center four and a half games in agreement with me.
2: Oh, he is? Yes. All right, cool. There we go. I'm going to text him. Be like, bro, we talk every day. You're not going to get me in on this? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, all right, really quickly, 74-65, Iowa State up on top of Kansas. 2.41 left to go in the sack and a flurry from Keyshawn Gilbert to help this team maintain its lead. He's now got 13 points on 5-9 shooting, five rebounds and three assists. Uh, but Trey King, the leading scorer right now for this matchup, 21 points for the 9.3 point per game scorer. So big matchup here for Trey King, who leads all scorers in this matchup, Hunter Dickinson, The leading scorer for the Jayhawks at 17 points, 8 of 15 from the floor. So we have a big NBA card later today, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Can't wait to watch what's going to transpire. And I'll start with this, Pam, because one of the things that I think is it really sticks out. And Paul George is questionable to play. He's got a sore groin, so this is one where you want to make sure that Paul George is going to be available. So keep an eye on injury reports, have the trigger finger ready to go, and fire when you get that on plus 7.5 because – I, this is pretty extreme, and I get it. Boston has been playing very good basketball. They are the best home team in the NBA. They had that twenty-game home streak or twenty-game home winning streak um, come to an end just last week when they were playing host to the Denver Nuggets. But Boston's been absolutely tremendous at home. Some of the numbers for you when playing and being in Bean Town: twenty and one straight up, twelve seven to two against the spread. That's a sixty-three percent cover rate. Totally makes sense that you would respect this team. This is a big litmus test, though, for a team that I believe, Pam, uh, is the best team in the Western Conference and can be power-rated the same as the Boston Celtics. So I'll put it to you in this perspective. If I'm right in that these two teams should be near equals, and even if you want to give an extra bump to Boston – that would put you still at about three and a half if you're at if you're equal, right? You now Paul George is questionable, so you understand the bump here to a certain extent to Boston. But no matter how I cut this, it's I, like I think there's a lot of value here in looking at the Los Angeles Clippers tonight. If you look at the situation scheduling wise for LA, it's not the most favorable. This is going to be their third. This is going to be their uh, second leg of a back to back, but. Had two nights off in between the last home game against the Lakers, and then, of course, taking on Toronto in Toronto yesterday. So it's not the worst second leg of a back-to-back at all for the Los Angeles Clippers, who did get a really big rest opportunity for them just last week. They had four days off heading into last Sunday's game with Brooklyn. So... I Think overall, there's a lot of value here on the LA Clippers, and it's a big test for a team that, without Kawhi Leonard back in LA against the Celtics squad, got absolutely smoked. But Kawhi Leonard's not on the injury report. Paul George is the only question if he's going to play. Clippers uh, should be, at least by my my by my number, should be floating around like three, three and a half. So it's a big test for me for the way that I rate this team, especially if Paul George is going to play because I do think that the uh, the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. So let's do this thing, big game tonight. And this is not even on primetime. There's a <laughs> triple header prime time today. This is even on. That speaks to how the card is going to look here uh, later tonight in the association. There's also a couple of games worth mentioning as well here. Uh, The big one later tonight, as we talked about, Lakers at Warriors. Warriors about a two-point favor with a total of 237.5. So I'm not a big player prop guy, but I will direct you to a a player who has been absolutely tremendous here as of late. Uh, Warriors forward Jonathan Kaminga has scored at least 20 points in five straight games, and he has been absolutely brilliant. And we're talking about efficiency, Pam, in these games. He has shot at least 50% from the floor in every single one of those contests while scoring over 20 points per game. Been absolutely brilliant in terms of the way that he is produced here and really pushing for a starting spot potentially in this lineup. Now, not the most efficient three-point shooter, which is keeping him outside of the starting lineup, but in terms of where the market's at and where you're expecting these player props to be, uh, the market's been kind of slow on the uptick here, and at some point there might be some value in betting against this kid. But in terms of points right now for Jonathan Kaminga, currently listed at 18 and a half, we're starting to get to the point where maybe there's not going to be much value anymore, but you might get one more good game out of this. 18 and a half, though, for this kid at minus 120 to the under, been an absolute tear. So I think this is probably where the juice has been strung out here, uh, but it's going to be brilliant to see if he can actually keep this going. Five straight games, 20 or more points on 50% shooting. It's been insane. So, good run. You
5: don't do player props often, so the fact that you do have one, I think that says like a little bit more of like, hey, it's higher conviction. So I would tell you on that one. Don't. (laughs) We're still learning. Yeah, I think, uh, actually,
2: I've got all my, uh, let me see. I'm going to tell you this right now. So I keep track of everything. The last player prop I bet. It's
5: like, I don't like betting favorites. So if I mention a favorite, hey, I feel pretty good about it. That's probably one that I should have higher conviction on. So it's the same in your aspect. Player props is not something um, that we target often. So the fact that you do have one, that's interesting.
2: I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. I'm trying to find the last time I bet a player prop. I'm saying you don't do it often. Uh, holy smokes, I haven't been one in a while. Yeah, so it was this, yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, Brandon Ingram at the end of, like, it was, like, beginning of December. Did I had it un, win? Uh, it did. under there 22 you go. Under 22 and a half points.
5: Undefeated. And it P- got perfect there. Perfect record. Uh, let's see.
2: Now, I've got a couple at the beginning of the year. It was So it's funny. Part of my New Year's resolution, as we talked about, was player Doing props. Work. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the year, I actually had more. And it's been, like, a month and a half since I've actually bet one. But it You was, also said it,
5: that you wanted to do more PGA, and then that, that, fell, off. Yeah, that, that fell off like two weeks ago. <laughs> (laughs) I'm watching. I got college
2: hoops, got the NBA, got everything. Speaking of which, uh, don't look now. It is a two point game. Kansas is coming back here and uh, Iowa State this is look Bill Self has done a brilliant job with the Jayhawks we all know this Uh, Kansas still competing on the fringes potentially for a one seed in the NCAA tournament Uh, it has not gone well on the road for them the big 12 play but this is where you see we were talking about coaches and adding wins at the margins Mm -hmm. TJ Altsberger is a fine coach but Bill Self and this Kansas Jayhawks squad they are never going to go away and now with less than a minute left to go they have come back from a 10 point deficit only trail by two with 48 and left in the game so 74 72 But the conclusion to that and the conclusion to this version the onions on Keyshawn Gilbert a deep three to give him a 77 72 lead don't go anyway wrap up live at Saturday with myself and Pam next This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get that v Pro subscription, folks, for only $199. That's right. We'll give you 10% off. I'll give you 10% off. Just use the promo code live. You get daily best bets, the betting splits, the big game betting guide coming up for the Super Bowl and more, all part of the v Pro subscription for the full year, plus the daily write-ups in every single sport. Check it out now. VSIN.com slash subscribe. All right, Pam. Yes. First off, uh, Iowa State pulls it off. Number falls. It falls right on the number. Um, They win by four, 79, 75. So Iowa State gets a big win. Kansas falls on the road yet again in Big 12 play. The other thing, this is big. You ready for this? Uh huh. MLB win totals are out. He's been out now for a while. What are we thinking here? No, I'm just playing. Uh, nobody cares. <laughs> no, uh, now, we should. It'll if you go years. on the website of ESPN.com, <laughs> you'll have analysis there. Uh, but in terms of uh, Saturday before AFC and NFC championship games, uh, probably not the biggest needle mover. So, yep. and I also haven't really, I mean, I looked at the Angels win total. And the Angels win total is only 72 and a half. And it got actually bet down and opened 73 and a half. So, not many things expected of my, uh, my lonely Angels here this coming week, or excuse me, this coming season.
5: I'm going to be getting uh, involved into MLB a little bit. I shouldn't say at all, a little bit more. No, I haven't done any MLB, but I want to this year. Um, I have a lot of friends who are big baseball fans. They've kind of convinced me. So I already have tickets and a trip booked to the Braves for April opening day.
2: Okay. Um, I'm already receiving and going through uh, my fantasy baseball league and uh, trying to figure out everything. Man, it was uh, really trying to get this thing kind of locked in here for fantasy baseball season and it's only January 27th like it's baseball season never ends Uh, (laughs) all right we'll get to that though maybe a a different day National Football League let's recap our confidence picks for this weekend Uh, I will give you the floor what do you got for your confidence selections and um, how are you going to try to maintain this lead over me who's in last place
5: uh, it's going to be a make or break. I'm going with my most confident pick being the Lions plus seven and a half to the 49ers. I have a large belief that the Detroit pass rush, it is elite as of late. Aiden Hutchinson, he's going to be lined with right tackle Colton McKivitz. McKivitz has nine sacks allowed this season. Lions have 13 sacks in the last four games. This is a defense that has largely improved over the course of the run in the po- into the postseason. Hutchinson's going to throw out that spin move that he does best while hunting for some of that mismatch right there. He alone. Hutchinson has eight sacks and 18 quarterback hits in that same span. And we have seen Brock Purdy. You kind of like throw him off his mark. He's, just, he's a little bit suspect of a quarterback when you, his footing is caught off guard when you have to make a move outside of the pocket. He's just not as clean, not as elite. You can actually pressure him. I think that's going to be the mismatch right there um, that I'm going to be looking forward to most. I have every belief that the run game for the Lions can contend. I like Jared Goff as quarterback. The outside elements are going to be good. Great weather. I like the Lions to cover plus seven and a half, plus seven, even if that come, if the line does drop back down. The second most confident play is at 12. Yes, is the under 44 and a half with the Chiefs and the Ravens. I am just very much believe that this is going to be a defensive battle, not similar to what we saw last week between the Bills and the Chiefs with Josh Allen running all up and down the field. What I do like about Kansas defense is the second half adjustments that they have made in every single game this season. It is an elite defense by every metric. Eight total passing touchdowns in the second half this season. This is why the Chiefs second half unders are now 17-2 and two, and the Chiefs Fourth quarter unders are now 18-1 and because they come out in that second half and they stifle the passing offense. Josh Allen, we saw last week, 3.8 YPA. And I also have a belief that the Chiefs offense is going to heavy utilize Isaiah Pacheco with that run game. He's He's a bit of an aggressive runner and you can run on the Baltimore defense, which has shown vulnerabilities since week 10. Running backs have hit 100 plus rushing yards, including 114 to Rams and Kyman Williams. I'm not a believer that the Chiefs passing game has improved. I think a lot of it does have to do with the opponents that they have faced in the Dolphins and in the Bills being just decimated by injuries. So I think this could be just revert to a run game with a strong defense. I love the under 44 and a half between the Chiefs and the Ravens. It's
2: a big week for you and our our selections um, because your only point left for the Super Bowl will be four points. (laughs) So this will essentially, will make you or break you here uh, this weekend if you can get these. Yep. Um, For me, plus one, it's a big weekend because this will decide whether or not I can be in it by the time we get to Super Bowl week. Uh, Baltimore minus four, use 12 points there. For those who haven't been tracking with us in our our little uh, competition here, I used 13 points on the San Francisco 49ers in that match. Up with the Green Bay Packers did not get there. So lost out on that. So happy despite the fact that I lost out on my most confident play that are still in the green. But Baltimore minus four, it, look, I think they have every every advantage here in this matchup with Tooney not out there, the ability to pressure Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has already been dealing with the highest pressure rate of his career and that's with Tooney playing for him. Now that he's not out, this is a very well-schemed pass rush that should be able to get after Patrick Mahomes. They were going to pressure him regardless. Now I think that's ramped up even more. I think the impact of a guy like Isaiah Pacheco uh, is going to be limited as well with this hole that I would call it uh, along the offensive line and the inability to get Travis Kelsey involved. You have a lot of different weapons defensively to track Travis Kelsey throughout this entire game. Hamilton being at the top of that list, the safety for the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is just a matchup that Baltimore really, really has a lot going in their favor. And that's just defense versus offense. The flip side is you get a Baltimore rushing attack that gets to pick on a, a very, very poor Paul, excuse me, Kansas City rush defense, and you could talk about inviting the run all you want. If you invite the run, then you're about an average to below average team, not one of the worst. And we're talking about a team that ranks 26th against the run by different metrics, including adjusted line yards allowed. So I think this is everything in favor of Baltimore. Big day for this team. Minus four, twelve points there. Under 51 and a half for Detroit and San Francisco. Have 11 points there. I, I, at the beginning of the week thought like, all right, like Detroit plus seven and a half, probably the side. The more I've thought about it, the less I have, like, uh, a conviction, whether or not there's going to be a side here to play for me, for San Francisco and Detroit. I think this number is right about where it should be. But I will say this. I think that I bet this thing under because of two things. But I think there's more of a reality in which Detroit, which we have seen in matchups with, we'll call them powers, in the National Football League, have their offense get held down to be less than efficient. We saw only 19 points against Dallas. We saw only six points against Baltimore. We go down the list of, you know, the games in which this team Team has lost it has been when their offense has failed to show up. And I think with a pass rush like this, with a defensive line along the interior that has the strengths that they do, taking on an offensive line that is missing a piece and is just banged up, but is not fully healthy. I think we're talking about Jared Goff getting knocked off of his game here a little bit, this rushing attack not being as efficient, and the Lions not being able to operate uh, as efficiently as they want to, thus helping this game get under the total of 51 and a half. So that'll be 11 points there, 12 points on Baltimore, minus 4. Caesar, our current leader in competition, at seven over 13 points on the Kansas City Chiefs plus four. So, a big matchup here, obviously. Caesar and I going head to head there. Uh, so, that will be a big one in terms of a deciding factor. And you two going head to head as well for the side in San Francisco and Detroit as Caesar has a seven and a half or laying seven and a half with 11 points. As far as what's left, As we go into the Super Bowl, I'll have a nine-point play left on the Super Bowl, whatever we decide. Pam will have four points, and Caesar will at least be in the driver's seat in terms of what he wants to do because he will have 12 points left and be able to play that in the Super Bowl if he is at a deficit. So good to have double digits left, and uh, I saved a nine-pointer there for the competition. So winner – or excuse me, loser. Loser's got to pay for lunch at one of the spots upstairs. So.
5: I think my most confident player prop for the morning game between the Chiefs and the Ravens would be Lamar Jackson over rushing. Um, Buffalo had just, just had so much success against with his uh, mobility. He had 12 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson could be even far more elite than that. Casey is 29th in rushing yards, two quarterbacks. And we're talking about beyond just Josh, Josh Allen, Easton Stick, Justin Fields, Jake Browning, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, even Trevor Lawrence, and even Tua Valoa, All quarterbacks that have had rushing success against the Chiefs run deep Defense and Baltimore has a 67% success rate at a shotgun that's fifth best in the league Casey's defense is 26 in yards per carry 28th in success rate Lamar Jackson could have himself a field day I love his over rushing if there was a prop ladder to do I'd probably consider Jackson
2: okay you still on the Ravens
5: Um, I would lean to you know what for my girl gang Baltimore let's go Ariel is there at the game, so I would love for her to come out with the win and come to Vegas celebrating on a happy note. Yeah, Uh,
2: for me too. The uh, I call it the S's and G's uh, parlay of the day. I've only put together like one this whole time, so it's not like a parlay of the day. Whatever. Um, Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown. Travis Kelsey under fifty nine and a half receiving yards. Alternate spread. Ravens minus six and a half and Mahomes to have one or more passing touchdowns uh, pays out nine to one there for the uh, same game parlay for the AFC Championship game. So a lot of fun to be had tomorrow. Looking forward to it. We'll be live throughout the NFC Championship game here as, again, our schedule has changed uh, to make up for, of course, the championship and divisional rounds. So we will be on from 4 to 7 tomorrow for the entirety of the NFC Championship game. Looking forward to watching that here in studio with you guys. So, we are all done. Looking forward to it. vSyn.com. Make sure you check out all of our write-ups that we have. We have a lot of different previews up for the championship weekends. Analytics reports, flat-out plays, and everything in between. And, of course, all of the tools for all you VSIM Pro subscribers up there if you want to get the splits for this matchup before we get to kickoff. And because it's a big basketball day, make sure you check out all the basketball write ups as well because there's a lot of different content up there. And if you want to be a VSIM Pro subscriber, slash subscribe, use a promo code live. We're all done here. Ben Wilson, Mike Palm will take it from here on Live That Saturday over at The D. And we'll talk to you tomorrow during the NFC Championship game.